This ad-free podcast is part of your Slate Plus membership. Lucky you. Hello, and welcome to this mini episode of Big Mood, Little Mood. I am your host, Danny M. Lavery, and this show is for you, our Plus subscribers. Our guests this week are Lindsay Kyle and Robin O'Donnell, hosts of the podcast Maladapted. And here we are reading a letter from a listener. We should answer our last letter, but then I want to just talk about movies forever for the rest of our lives together. Please and thank you. <laughs> yeah. So if you could yeah. add that to your <laughs> schedules. Well, Danny's I'd already made it. some suggestions uh, for films you want us to watch and cover. Uh, some very good yeah, suggestions. Some great and suggestions. I'm sure we'll get you I on. Mean, this is how point. we originally met, like at a party, just talking about weird old movies. Just, Greatest just party of my up. life because people applauded me while I ate candy. Oh, it was great. <laughs> yeah, you got to try all the, the weird chocolate because American chocolate is bad. Somebody, my friend was telling me that the reason it's bad is because, I don't know if it's just an urban myth, so I want your take on this, that the mm-hmm. reason is because the trade routes are so huge that they have to, you know, travel in like lorries for like, you know, years, what it, however long it takes. Well, like our country's so big we can only make <laughs> shit chocolate because it's going to be in a truck for too long. I mean, I yeah. like... It's a very like Civ Six approach to thinking about <laughs> candy manufacturing. We see America, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's the, same. It's the most the most European way of looking at America. Like it's so large, the chocolate is just made of preservatives. Like, yeah, I don't right. think that's true. <laughs> like, I mean, I will, and I will absolutely concede uh, that like Hershey's is worse than like its equivalent uh, in the UK. But like, it does we taste do also. Burn. If you're willing to spend the money, like we do have other candies in our stores, like you can buy British candy here. So, like, we're well, not the weird part is that in the past like year, there's been this explosion mm. of American candy stores that have taken up all the like dead space on the high streets that have closed down because of various financial crashes. Yeah, like whenever there's a financial crash in the UK, it seems like uh, Princess Street, like the like high street in, in Edinburgh where we live, just every other shop becomes like an American candy shop. Like selling just everything it's that weird. none of it kind of is in any sort of color that you would recognize either. It's all just it's neon. All, it's all it's like amazing. Thirty pounds for some pick and mix. <laughs> Shifting to a candy based economy, just like me when I play Civ Six. That's right. <laughs> okay, I am going to. I need that mod. Uh, read our letter. It's the all podcast. candy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll send it to you later. Uh, I will read our last letter, which is uh, you know again just like uh, I, I I've I've really been running like common problems today. One of which is like. I'm transitioning, and my wife says she's excited, but maybe she's not. Yes, she uh, yeah. And then also, my family is terrible. Can I hold it together with the force of my queer love and optimism and some tape? And the answer is usually no. Uh, and then this one is uh, classic, classic men and women problems. This is like a classic polyamory question that everyone who has been poly or is poly has will recognize. <laughs> At least have heard of it. Like, not yeah. necessarily everyone's gone through it, but yeah, I'm glad that the, all three of us are here. Uh, mm. This does take, it takes a village mm. to answer these questions. The subject is polyamorous popularity contest. My boyfriend, I'm a woman, gave me an ultimatum a few months ago that we would have to start seeing other people or break up. I was obviously devastated. But after sleeping on it and reading online discussions saying you can love your primary partner just as much while loving other people, I agreed so that I wouldn't lose him. I've been scheduling a few dates a week, and he has yet to go on one. Apparently, this is pretty common for women and men in our situation. 
When I started seeing guys more than once, my boyfriend told me not to have sex with them until he was, quote, comfortable, but didn't seem to know when that would be. I started introducing them to him after the third date, and he would go on to veto all of them, which they all said was a fair thing for partners to do, since, quote, everyone should feel comfortable. Then I finally made a date with another woman. She's a married polyamorous lesbian, and we had immediate chemistry, talking for hours, and I decided I wanted to sleep with her that night, even though I usually wait for a few dates. I had a conversation with my boyfriend over it, and he got angry and said I was disrespecting him when she turned down his, quote, joking requests for a threesome, which she said she wasn't interested in. I was devastated and told her I had to go home and find out what's wrong. She hasn't texted me back since. And once I did go home, he froze me out. Now I'm mad at him and wondering whether he's taking it out on me that I have dates and he doesn't. What do you think? Robin is shaking their heads throughout that. (laughs) So... The, the kind of first thing I thought when I was reading this was that um, I, I've been in relationships or I've been in, I've been in relationships that sort of started mono and, and went poly and it was always like mutual and it was it was always like felt like you ended the relationship you were in and started a new one, right? It wasn't like an ultimatum, like I think in an ultimatum, I think if any partner gives you an ultimatum, you need to leave them like immediately. Like that, that's that's a rule that I've always kind of held. Um, and also, yeah, I think like if you're starting a poly relationship, it has to be mutual and it has to be something that like you, you finish like and, and grieve your previous relationship and move on to a new one because it is a different thing. In, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I was obviously devastated but decided to try it so I wouldn't lose him. Like, I think that's your answer right there. Mm. Uh, and, uh, you know, I don't think that's ever... I've never heard anyone start a sentence that way and end it with, and things really worked out. Yeah, and, and now it's 10 years later, right? Yeah, um, I, I think kind of the other sort of takeaway that I feel from this is... Um, My thing that I'm taking away from this is that that poor lesbian deserves hazard pay because know, the number honestly. of lesbians I know who are like, I went on a date with a girl who seemed cool and then her boyfriend freaked out and I got triangulated in a bunch of like frustrating straight guy shit and now I'm annoyed is it's not zero. It's not everybody, but it's not zero. And I really Mm. feel bad for her. I'm not surprised she didn't text you back. Letter writer, I'm sure you're a lovely person. I hope she never texts you again. She doesn't need this. She doesn't need this in her life. She wants to go on fun dates with available people. You know, like there are lesbians who, who, who will do that, but they're they're never going to, they're never going to be someone who just like says yes, right? Like it's going to come from them. Like myself, you know, I'm I'm like attracted to like a, some very specific variety of guy, right? Like, but he he's definitely not the like boyfriend of a woman whose home I just went back to who gave her an ultimatum about, you know, yeah. Like I'm sure let her out. You're lovely, um, but I I would say this this is not tenable you know like this is not like a tenable situation to be in this is not a situation where everyone's going to be happy like you know like you need to take the cat and get out of there right like or, yeah. or whatever you have I mean, that's I invested have, in the relationship i like having dated as a guy and as a woman as a queer trans woman like it's it is difficult to like meet people uh, and so like in, on some level I sympathize because like you kind of have this like conception of how it's going to going to go uh you're both gonna like find cool people and it's gonna open up but like Robin mentioned like a poly relationship is not a continued through line from 
a monogamous relationship. Like you, you, that's a quite a difficult thing to do without some like actual renegotiation of like how things are. And I, I, it doesn't look like that's happened here. It looks like there's a lot of the expectation here is that um, he's just gonna fit into her dating habits in a way that doesn't feel comfortable for anyone involved. I mean, there's like, whenever I go on dating apps and there's like a cute girl, um, and then it'll mention underneath that like, it's, it's a, um, it's actually like a couple and it won't show the guy. (laughs) I'm like, really? Okay. Is this what we're doing? Like, I, it's always like the difference between a couple who's like, we're a couple, here's our deal. If you like us both, great. That's great. I've never had a weird interaction with that. But the couples where it feels like mm. one person is trying to hide the other one and is like kind of hoping Oof. you won't notice if they trot him out later. It's like, <laughs> boy, if that ever works, yeah. it's not worth it. And also, I don't believe this works very often. No, um, I, and it your makes, boyfriend's not a sex toy, you know? I, I don't need him like waiting in the cupboard for me. Um, or just like, if you seem ashamed of him, do you see how that's not a strong selling point for me? <laughs> like, yeah, I yeah. I remember at one point uh, I had a girlfriend in college who, for whatever reason, that relationship was one that brought a lot of the like threesome and foursome hunters out of the woodwork. And at the time, like, I was not interested in that at all. And uh, it would be amazing, like, though, like some people could do it or like proposition us, and it would always be through me because she would always be like. I don't really care. And I'd be like, well, I do. So I'm going to answer this. <laughs> uh, but like the ones who were just like straightforward was like, well, I, I don't want that. But like, thank you. That's flattering. Um, and then the ones who would be like trying to flirt with us and then be like, by the way, that guy in the corner who you didn't notice watching us all, he's my boyfriend. Can he come too? I would just be like, <laughs> what is the matter with you? Like, why are you doing this for him? Like, why did you pretend he didn't exist? Like, like a Bond villain or something. It's just weird. Were you just like hoping I wouldn't notice? Or it's like a like a McDonald's thing? Like, do you want to do you want fries with that? It's just like, it's like, oh my god, how did no, you know? I was looking for the creepy fries. guy in the corner. I've been making eyes at him for hours. <laughs> I, and I like guys. Like, it's not that that's the problem. It's just I don't know. Anyways, all this is just to say, like, letter writer. I think you probably know this already. Like the way mm. you've written this letter, you don't sound like you are describing a man you believe to be a catch. Um, it sounds like you've kind of already lost him. The what the, the joking thing? Like... I felt that like hurt my soul. <laughs> I was and just, I was, mad I, I think it actually exhausted for not me. Not taking him up on it, like. You want to be with a guy who gets mad at you when you say, no, this other woman doesn't want to sleep with you? Like, this is the person that you'd be devastated to lose? And I would also say, you know, like, winding them back um, and this thing of, like, him vetoing every single guy you bring in front of him. Like, you know, when I've had, when I've been in, like, relationships, poly relationships where we have, like, you know, a a main person, I, I don't know what terminology you want to use. Like, the conversation has never been vetoed. Most valuable, most worthwhile. Yeah, I think that's the language they recommend. That's lovely. I like the that. Most, but yeah, the most good versus useless, uh, instrumentalized <laughs> uh, objects you can throw out the door, <laughs> like symbian replacements. Uh, like I should have clarified, I practice unethical polyamory. So <laughs> <laughs> I would say, um, like every time the, the conversation has not been, I don't like this person. It has been like. Don't sleep with someone from my work, you know? It's been like the the rules I think can be very obvious. Like and, and maybe you might have to remind someone, like, you know, like you're getting awfully close to that girl who like I have to see every like weekend. 
like on at work or I have to, you know, be out in the club scene with like, can we maybe not go down that route? Like it has to be like, I don't think I've ever would have a conversation with someone where I was like, you can't sleep with this guy. I don't like, uh, I don't like the, you know, space between his eyes or whatever. Like, you know, I don't like how he particularly looks or he's carrying himself. Like, I think it would have to be like a real reason, you know? Yeah. Does that make sense? (laughs) I I mean, I mean, my thoughts there are like, I, I think that like there are lots and lots of ways where it's really important if you're in a sort of like primary one-on-one relationship with someone to talk about your limits and to see what you can agree on beforehand. That said, like I, I wouldn't necessarily agree that it's like a universally fair thing for your partner to veto anyone you're going out with or whether you're going to sleep with them. Like I, I don't that's think exactly that, what I was trying to say. I think in like yeah, like a I don't think that's words. a rule. Like I, I, I actually like, I don't love, again, like to be really clear, I I don't mean like if you and your partner get together and say like, hey, I would like for us to in advance say like close friends and coworkers are off limits. Mm. That's a reasonable limit Mm. versus like, hey, meet this guy I've been seeing for a few dates. Um, And then for your partner to say like, oh, vibes are off. No, like that to me feels like you're trying to control and micromanage a situation that like by definition invites a lack of control and you certainly can. You are allowed to veto, but like, where's the? To me, that feels very joyless and very like you're bringing the worst elements of monogamy into polyamory. And like, why would you yeah, do yeah. that? To have that happen, like after, oh, like on the third date or after the third date, just feels like a waste of time um, mm. for this, these people that you're, these women that you're taking on dates. Like, I, I don't know. That seems like if if you are gonna do that then well i mean i don't think you should but like if if you were going to do that it feels like you should just all go on a date together like to start with as well <laughs> sure i mean i think you should dump this guy and go out with every, like you clearly have been meeting a lot of really great people who like you i don't know that yeah. you're going to be able to get that lesbian yeah. to go on a second date with you but like there are other lesbians around like mm. break up with him and date everybody else mhm mhm like and for sure yeah like i i don't think that woman will will get back to you like i think you should probably tell her if you break up with your boyfriend uh because then she gets like the other end of the story out of it yeah or maybe her. just like apologizing like i had no idea he was gonna act that way i'm really sorry yeah, for the yeah. messiness like definitely apology is necessary there because i'm sure that was not a great thing to happen to her to be in that kind of meme no, right no like that it's not pleasant like we're we're joking about it, but it really is not pleasant when you kind of think you've made a connection with someone and then you you kind of end up in a, a very different situation than you were expecting and like there's a guy and he's like not the roommate, you know, and he's he's like Well that's that's the thing about like entering a poly relationship is that you need to have really clear boundaries and clear communication. Like that is so key. Um, and the moment that's like off, then you got real problems and it sounds like you just have like no foundation to start from here. Mm. Like you have shifting goalposts, like, like how do you, how do you know when you've got somebody that he is going to be comfortable with? Um, yeah, it just feels like a really uncomfortable thing to have at the back of your mind while you're just trying to have a nice time with somebody as well and does it sort of end up in like a tit for tat thing where he brings some girl back and you're like oh no i don't like her like and you're not doing it for any sort of real reason you're doing it because and, and you're playing would a he game. be okay with that no <laughs> yeah i don't imagine that he would uh give a shit if you tried to veto somebody like mm. 
And and to that end too, like I agree that like a lack of clarity is a problem here. But even if he was being clear, the things he was the things that he is clear about suck. So mm, just, yeah. like, there's no reason to keep dating this guy. He's he's bad. And the last thought that I had had was just like, I don't know that like it, it would be nice to apologize to her just for the unexpected messiness. But letter writer, I don't want you to feel like that was your fault. Like no. you did not realize he was going to act so badly. You are not responsible for his shitty behavior. I understand why she doesn't want a second date because she wants to like stick to people who maybe like know what they're doing in terms of dating multiple people, but not because like you yourself have like done something awful. Like you were hoping your boyfriend was less shitty than he was, which is, you know, if that's a crime, then most, I'm not going to, I'm not going to keep going there because <laughs> I don't want to make sweeping statements about queer women, but. Uh, I, yeah, it's, I think like as well in any relationship, like I, I don't know the age of this relationship, but I'm assuming like it was, it's been going on for a while and then this happened, right? Like, and it, 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 you can get in the situation where like, well, I can't leave this person, like, because we're together. And like, I, I would have to go and like, you know, I wouldn't see his parents again, right? Like, and I, you know, it's, your lives are intertwined. You live together in this kind of complicated situation and like breaking up would be difficult. Uh, but like, he's exerting a massive amount of control yeah. in a very uncomfortable manner already. And maybe you need to interrogate, letter writer, maybe you need to interrogate, is he taking control of other things, you know, is he like overly involved in your finances or, you know, is he like looking at this relationship as like a different thing from you or, you know, is, is he say, making decisions, other decisions, like very large decisions, you know, does he want you to like move in with him initially or do you want to move somewhere else or like all these things, like it's very rare that a relationship has like one tiny sticking point, you know, like it feels that this could be a pattern and like if it is a pattern, yeah. Yeah, get out anyway. Especially considering that this is all coming from this ultimatum. That right, which by itself is like not a great way of like. I mean, I can understand saying like this is really important to me, but to hand it to somebody else and say like either you agree to this or we break up, I think is a pretty like lousy way of saying like this is actually really important to me. And I think like from from my experience with like going from Mono to Polo, it was about wanting to like get things that we couldn't get from each other, like in a sort of weird way. And like, I know that sounds like a very generic polyamorous experience, but it was about expansion. It wasn't like about like fixing what was going on at home at all. It, it was about yeah, being in a different place. It's literally just fun and hot and free. And if you want to mm. do it, you should. And if the idea fills you with dread and devastation and like mm. the sense of immeasurable loss, you fucking shouldn't. And, like, certainly, like, it's always, like, possible that you might later have different feelings because you've uh, changed your your sense of what monogamy and polyamory can look like. But none of that's to say, like, oh, wow, if you feel devastated and horrified, you've got to really, like, divest yourself of, like, straight cultures. Like, if you feel shocked and horrified and devastated, that's a sign you shouldn't do something. <laughs> yeah. Don't do it. Like, you're you're going to have a bad time. Like, do it if it sounds fun and hot and you're up for like negotiating the things that might be challenging. But if it sounds like running a marathon while watching your mother die in front of you, why would you do it? I mean, well, that's the th thing. Like, yeah, it's, it's fun and hot and free. Like that, that's the most important thing at the end there is free. Uh, this does, this is the opposite of free. This is yeah. like very, uh, obscure and controlling and uncomfortable, I think. And, yeah, not not just uh, for letter writer, but for the women that she's taking on dates as well. Like you don't have a boyfriend, you have an accountant who gets mad at you for wanting to fuck. 
which is like the worst. Thank you for joining us on Big Mood, Little Mood with me, Danny Lavery. Our producer is Phil Circus, who also composed our theme music. Don't miss an episode of the show. Head to slate.com slash mood to sign up to subscribe or hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're using right now. Thanks. Also, if you can, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to know what you think. If you want more Big Mood, Little Mood, you should join Slate Plus, Slate's membership program. Members get an extra episode of Big Mood, Little Mood every Friday, and you'll get to hear more advice and conversations with the guest. And as a Slate Plus member, you'll also be supporting the show. Go to slate.com forward slash mood plus to sign up. It's just $1 for your first month. If you'd like me to read your letter on the show, maybe you need a little advice, maybe some big advice, head to slate.com slash mood to find our Big Mood, Little Mood listener question form, or find a link in the description on the platform you're using right now. Thanks for listening.